22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Happy spring holidays to all. And for those who don't believe in any religion, happy Wicca. Is that what it is? Wiccan, whatever. I'm pretty sure that would be a religion. religion. Oh, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the pastel. Shush. You're part of that. <laughs> Welcome to a pastel color edition of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 102. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and joining me is the man who's known to be Black Doom's public advocate, MFG Mike the Finance Guy. The only lies worth believing are the ones in the Bible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we lost half our audience. <laughs> and as always, joining us is the man who's known to be the nicest guy on the podcast. Until you start talking about Walking Dead, then it becomes a flaming turd. RT Square off the tech. Teamwork is important. It's good to have someone to put the blame on. <laughs> it's like this show. <laughs> we all blame Cap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's not only us three. We have a fourth member in the magic guest chair. Um, is a friend of the podcast as well as a very good friend of mine. He's been breaking pencils and burning out ink pens for the past couple of months. Amen. Uh, <laughs> finishing the finale to a series, but now he's pulled himself out of the cave and he's got some time to schmooze. A little bit. <laughs> Please welcome creator of Sons of Fate, writer, artist, and um, good old friend of ours, JP, John Paul Deschamps. Hello, hello. I didn't know I had to have a, you know, Snappy comeback. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> so. Wait, 102 episodes? You haven't realized that? I did not. No. <laughs> he's, he's like, you guys have a podcast? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? <laughs> you know what's funny now? Anybody who's been on the podcast who doesn't know about it, we just refer him back to 101, yeah. where Joe gives that breakdown. Yeah. That statistical breakdown. He Joe, Joe, the intern, broke down. He listened to every single episode and broke down everything statistically. He's mm. now legally insane. <laughs> <laughs> Which you got to give him a new nickname. So if anybody um, has the time, please. Please um, send us a name for Joe the intern because he can't be the intern anymore. Why? I think he's doing great work. I think he's been up. That's what an intern's supposed to do. An intern's not supposed to do shitty work. No. (laughs) (laughs) If you want, we can promote him to junior, junior, junior associate. Junior, junior, junior associate. Yes. yes. That's what intern. (laughs) <laughs> as we put on uh, on our press pass applications yeah, I mean, yeah I hope they come through well let's hope let's see what happens it's almost 21 everybody days. send out positive vibes we want to be at the comic con for free or, 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 or go on iTunes and maybe um, give us a positive rating that'd be great yeah yeah. okay so for today the reason why JP is here not only to visit and say what's up and you know gather some sunlight is because we're uh-huh. going to review the movie Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. but first Mike <laughs> demands your time but he promises to give you some good geek information. And a puppy, if you're lucky. Okay, maybe not a puppy. Maybe it's a clump of Ralph's arm here in the shape of a puppy. But hey, look, it's a thought that counts. So, so pay attention, because here comes the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy. And Ralph and Kyle. Well, the puppy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But wasn't that... Chicken pizza really good? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was some good puppy. That had your mouth barking. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is sacrilege. I don't know what's more sacrilege, the jokes? (laughs) Probably so. Yeah, well, what what you got, Mike? Alrighty. Who died? Uh, um, I'm going to start everyone now like that. Actually, someone did die, but I just couldn't bring myself to bring any death news. Okay, no problem. The news is depressing enough that I have. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right, uh, one thing Warner Brothers has learned is that sometimes you need more than a floating dick in your face to feel like an adult. (laughs) (laughs) So to that end, a new Watchmen animated adaptation will have an R rating. And like the recent Batman the Killing Joke conversion, the film will attempt to maintain the original comic's look and feel with changes made only for animated purposes. Despite protests, harsh words, and probably the use of dark magic, the creator of Watchmen, Alan Moore, has been unable to prevent DC Comics or Warner Brothers from using his creation like a 10-cent whore in a Viagra test study. (laughs) In fact, both businesses have plans for more Watchmen content in the coming months and years. Although the made-for-video animation is presumed to be in production, no release date has been revealed. Mm. It, it, it took DC long enough to really bastardize this the, um, this property. Yeah. Because I remember Moore was worried about that initially. And then I'm like, wow, I, I'm very surprised that in the late 90s they didn't try to do anything more with it. Or the early 2000s. Yeah. But it just seems like, oh, we're fucking this whore. Let's fuck it some more. Yeah. I mean, th- and then there's that wonderful animated, uh, the, the animated comic book. 
thing yes. they did that that horrible. I'm glad that it never caught on. It's, it's called a motion, motion comic. comic. Motion comic. Thank you. Correction. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and that's become really popular because we remember the name, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did an X-Men one. You know, they did an Invincible one, too. Yeah, I, uh, they did the Black Panther. They were all bad. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, the, well, the, the X-Men... Invincible one was pretty good. The Astonishing X-Men wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. But Which one? There's a couple of them. Um, yeah. I saw the first couple. Yeah. The... Um, Colossus. For the one by Joss yes. Whedon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they, uh, they did the one where Cerebro becomes sentient. Oh, oh yeah, they did that God. One what did they call it? Danger? Dangerous. Her name is Dangerous. Dangerous, yeah, Dangerous yeah. is the name of it. Yeah. No, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> and even did Spider Woman when they had that miniseries where they tried to relaunch her origin and stuff. And I'm like, stop, just please stop. The, the same Spider Woman that. Oh no, I'm not gonna say that joke because people get mad. <laughs> what else you got, Mike? Well, over 30 years is a long time to wait for a sequel. But considering most of our listeners have waited longer than that to lose their virginity to a real person, oh. you know who you are. Uh, maybe the wait is worth it. Ouch. Uh, that being said, 1986's Labyrinth, which starred the late David Bowie and the boring Jennifer Connelly, will finally receive the sequel that some fan must have demanded and then just forgot about. Uh, Labyrinth was the last film directed by Jim Henson before his death in 1990. Although a box office yawned when it was released, the film about a 15-year-old girl that must reach the center of a maze to save her brother from the Goblin King has acquired a cult status over the years. The sequel, and remember, it's a sequel, not a reboot, will be written and directed by Fede Alvarez and Jay Basu. Alvarez is in the public eye after directing last year's hit thriller, Don't Breathe, which is mm, excellent. Her uh, is good. Yeah, it's really good. The duo is currently collaborating on The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is the follow-up to Sony's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The Labyrinth sequel has started casting and will begin production in the fall. Wow. So, The yeah. Labyrinth. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Labyrinth, not Spider's Labyrinth. Web. Yeah. It's not the girl who kicked the hornet's nest? No, I was surprised too. What? Yeah. I, we were surprised. They're kind of doing them out of order. They're Are not. we really surprised by Hollywood, guys? Are we really surprised yeah. by After this conversation we had before the podcast, <laughs> they're looking to just put ass in seats and just trying to take the thing that's more profitable and, and put it out there. Oh, that's interesting because... Hasbro has decided to relaunch its G.I. Joe franchise with a more millennial approach. I oh. heard. I heard <laughs> this. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead. You're going to give everybody participation trophies? Well, now, whether, <laughs> whether or not this means that the Joes will all be living in their parents' basements while finding themselves or simply fighting the good fight wearing long beards, man buns, and skitty jeans, that remains to be seen. But according to Simon Waters, who is the uh, head of Hasbro's studio's consumer products, quote, the world has changed, and I think you're going to see G.I. Joe changing with it. There's going to be a much more contemporary approach to the whole franchise, and that will allow us to develop different characters, end quote. And Hasbro's CCO, Steve Davis, added, quote, We hope to create a head snap. It's a different kind of Joe, one that still resonates with Joe fans, but brings in an, un an uninitiated audience and expands the audience internationally and domestically, end quote. No release dates for the new G.I. Joe films were given. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know how to respond to this. Number one, nobody was paying attention to fucking G.I. Joe. So like, oh, we're going to give it a brand new twist. Nobody's watching. I don't even understand what that means, a millennial approach. I'm like, what exactly does that mean? Gentrification. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, not even Joe Schmo likes G.I. Joe. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, Thank God there's nothing yeah, going doom, on. Doom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do, but I wonder if they're going to do a tweak on the whole terrorism thing. Because the Cobra is a terrorist organization, so I'm wondering if they're going to um, tweak that a little that's, bit. That's well, such an easy one because ISIS is basically what Cobra is. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but, if, you but even... if it's a millennial approach, then that also means that, well, maybe they're really not that bad. I mean, you know, maybe we should just talk with them. You'll turn Cobra into a corporation that's doing bad environmentally. Right. So Cobra did that? Yeah. I would hope so. He didn't watch G.I. Joe. <laughs> Cobra, the Crimson Guard. Twins I, ran that organization. I remember. Back Cobra. I'm a big G.I. Joe fan. Be, be, right so, here, right next to you. It beginning and ended with, with, with Tomax cartoon. and Zaymot. Come and, on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I punched twins in my school on purpose to see if the other one would. <laughs> wow. The tooth never fell out of the other kid. <laughs> Just saying. But I'm in city education, folks. <laughs> no, 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 that's before bullying. <laughs> Mike, what else you got? All right, last but not least. Have you ever wondered what it would feel like to have your heart removed by pulling it through your anus? Oh. Well, Every this day. might help you understand that feeling. Mm. In an attempt to expand its media footprint, 
Apple is reportedly looking to buy Disney. Yeah, I heard this. Oh. That's right. For a mere 200 plus billion dollars, the one-time <laughs> technology innovator could own everything from Steamboat Mickey to Marvel Comics to Star Wars. Now, if the buyout happens, it would have an immediate effect on Hollywood and Netflix due to Apple's streaming technology and Disney's immense entertainment catalog. The merger would allow Apple to diversify from hardware without diluting its brand name. Yep. First off, JP is pumping his fist. I am excited. Really? <laughs> yep. I don't know if I like my technology mixed with, mixed with my. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very worried about the whole monopolizing of everything. The fact that everything's all under one umbrella and can control narrative in such a way. Listen, in such a broad spectrum. But they already have been. But on a larger scale now. I, I mean, mean I would say just officially. Because um, Steve Jobs had ties with Pixar, yeah. he invented Pixar, sold to the company, and then he had stock in Disney and right, stuff like right. that. They used the technology to do all the Pixar movies. I mean, this is this is a good thing where there's no middleman between the technology being pushed and then the technology being utilized. And there isn't a competition for either two right now anyway. So why not? Well, see, the thing is, though, I don't, but my, my other point is why? Like, in other words, it's, I don't need Disney to have a technology company because it's not think about it, it's not benefiting me anymore. Like like you know what I'm saying? It's it's not that Disney just had crappy CGI or whatever it is. It's just you know, I, I it doesn't benefit me anyway, but in fact you know it's gonna eventually lock down stuff, meaning that for instance, um, since Apple has its streaming stuff, then right. that means that right. I mean, even though Disney was already planning on doing its own streaming service anyhow, uh, at some point, but like then that's like, okay, now with Netflix. Now, how many subscriptions am I going to have to get streaming right. from yeah. certain properties? Yeah. It's just going to become this whole, like, you know, now everyone's gouging me for my money so that in the long That's run, what I'm, I'm worried paying about. for all yeah. of this mm-hmm. convenience. Which know? is why they bought Beats in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 I keep forgetting that Apple bought Beats. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh, that Beats looks nice. I'm like, oh, that's right. Apple. No wonder they keep pushing Beats in their store. Uh, well, it's, they, bought store. It it. they bought it because the streaming service was, was killing their streaming service. That's why they Beats had a streaming service? Beats oh, the music. Yeah. The music. Yeah. I, I'm they thinking the, yeah. uh, video, uh, video. Yeah. Beats music. Right, okay. <laughs> I, I just gave Ralph the look. He's speaking, sitting back. I'm like, talking to fucking Mike. <laughs> I forgot that I'm not wearing the wireless contraption, which I invented for oh, this boy. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically right now, Cap and Ralph are sharing a big phallic thing between the two of them. And, and as usual, Cap is dominating. <laughs> <laughs> He called you a catcher. <laughs> Basically, Ralph is at the balls right now. And at the head. Yeah, Cap's he's working the, the shaft. <laughs> okay, this got way weirder than I wanted it to. You guys are keeping a real police squad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and mind you, I was gonna do a, a Maria Maria thing, but I won't. I was gonna say, you know, the rich is getting richer, the poor is getting poorer. Yeah. See me and Maria on the corner, finding ways to make it better. You don't know the song? Uh, it doesn't seem familiar. Oh my God, Santana. 2000? Are you fucking serious? Probably. I mean, probably the song. But oh, not my your, God. Not your talking rendition there, Mr. Shatner. For, first, around, <laughs> first, I've never heard of Around the Way Girl, which was a couple of podcasts ago. Now this. You guys blow my mind. I was born in 88. So? And I was born in 90. So? <laughs> 1890. <laughs> so that's all the quick news? That's all the quick news. All right. Ralphie, you got any quick news? Oh, uh, I was going to talk about that guy who speak, died. Speak to the mic. Get closer to me. How's that? <laughs> I want to see your lips touch. Your eyes are so You beautiful. are just the worst. <laughs> I'm staring into his eyes. They're hypnotic. <laughs> I was going to talk about the, the guy who died, but I forgot who it was. Somebody. Probably the probably the guy that Mike was trying to avoid yeah, yeah, talking about. Guy. Wait, well, which guy? Mind. Which guy? No, it's that, he was like an entertainer guy, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don Rickles. There you go. There we go. Don Rickles. I'm like waiting for it. I'm like, go on. The the, the freaking Mike who his whole existence is to insult us on here. I've never insulted anybody. (laughs) (laughs) You you bald mega head. (laughs) (laughs) If you were Pinocchio, your nose would be hitting me right now. (laughs) Ain't my news. Hey, whatever. (laughs) Whatever turns you on, Ralph. Whatever turns you on. But yeah, Don Don Rickles. I mean, Don Rickles was amazing as an entertainer. And I mean, he's influenced plenty of, of different people from like the comedy field to certain actors. Yeah. I mean, he's he was and he was quick. You want to yeah. talk about quick? Oh yeah, that man was court. quick. And and once again, I I think Betty White is now turning twenty. I think she's getting younger every time when he's old. <laughs> every time one of them dies, she goes back a year. She's just like, ha, 
you fuckers. <laughs> you know, she, she was recently on a, uh, I guess you want to call it a millennial TV show, Young and Hungry. Wow, oh, okay. Uh, Emily Osment. Mm, never she, heard of it. She played an old lady. Uh, surprising. Yeah. Out of character. <laughs> what a but she's still funny as hell. Oh, she's yeah. amazingly yeah. funny. Yeah, and Scripts sharp. She's still funny. with it. Yeah. Scripts are funny, guys. Scripts yeah. are funny. But delivery, but delivery <laughs> yeah, but counts. Delivery, yeah. Delivery she's, counts. She's delivery. Funny. We've all seen Moulin Rouge. We know that Nicole Kidman cannot do comedy. Oh. <laughs> and we saw Bewitched. Mm-hmm. I like Bewitched. Uh, anyhow, I mean, <laughs> this is from the guy who owns three copies of Daredevil on DVD. It's one copy. Ah, it's one, the, in the, and, one in the bathroom, one in the bedroom. And it's a director's cut. Let's not talk about the, the movies you two fuckers it's like. playing the moment. Hey, Tomcats, it's a great movie. I didn't go to Tomcats. And Barbed right? Wire is wonderful. In fact, one of the actors works out at the gym that I work out at. <laughs> oh, God. All right, all right. JP, any quick news? No. Uh, <laughs> anything how about your own personal quick news yeah what's up with um, Sons of Fate bro oh, I'm uh, I want to say 2020 no we're coloring the 7th I'm in the middle of the 7th chapter there's the 8th chapter in the prologue and I'm done so oh so we're getting close we'll be back how, very soon. what are we thinking July before that oh okay. barring any May? catastrophic May mid May cool. mid wow. late May fantastic mid late May please let time, us know we depending on the time I get out of here today um. <laughs> uh, yeah. No rush, no rush. <laughs> no, you're gonna love it. It's great. No, I can't I'm wait excited. for it. You've been you've been throwing little like hints here and there. Yeah. I'm like, all right, it's coming up soon. Very good. All right, so let's get to why we're here for. I'm taking a deep breath for this one. Now let's break down the movie Ghost in the Shell. Between the excitement of this classic anime getting a motion picture to the controversy of a lead role of the lead role being a non-Asian, we obviously have a lot to discuss. So with no further ado. A synopsis. MFG. Mike the Finance Guy. Oh, we, can have, we can have one to do, which is our wonderful uh, warning. The following segment contains information that may ruin your enjoyment of the media in review. So if you believe this might upset you, piss off, you wanker. Ah, shout out to Steve Francis over at Stush Productions. Why are we doing the, the um, Stush? You like that sound. <laughs> Mike, why are we why are we putting this ahead of of your synopsis? Use your synopsis, right? I just wanted to hear his British voice. Oh, we'll call him next time, okay? <laughs> we'll call Steve. What do you want? I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. He'll fucking he won't. That's we're way too low brow. I'm safe, yeah. <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, we're so, so low brow. We're like just hair on the knuckles of your feet. <laughs> I didn't think anybody could see that, but okay. Sure, Hobbit. <laughs> All right, Mike. You have the right. synopsis. Go right ahead, bro. Ghost in the Shell is the first live action feature film based off of the popular Japanese manga of the same name. The film uh, was directed by Rupert Sanders and written by Jamie Moss, William Wheeler, and Aaron Kruger. Ghost in the Shell was produced on a budget of $110 million, and even among cries to protest for alleged whitewashing of Japanese characters with white American actors, it has so far grossed $37 million domestic and $115 million foreign since it opened on March 31st. Mm-hmm. The film has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 46% and a Metacritic score of 52 out of 100. All right, synopsis. In the not-too-distant future, most humans are composed of more cybernetic components than the fat in the Kardashian's ass. <laughs> but that is not enough. Black Widow discovers her inner Lucy when her brain is placed in an entirely mechanical body. The body is flawlessly human, well, except for the unfortunate stick-up-the-ass, which makes ScarJo <laughs> walk at an uncomfortable 60-degree angle for the entire movie. Uh, in between the lush CGI world of the future, something happens. And more things occur that reveal things we didn't ask. And in a blazing shootout, stuff that didn't seem very important is resolved. But let's face it, you were only there to see Scarlett Johansson in a bodysuit that makes her look like she's naked. Ralph. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's starring Scarlett Johansson as Mira Killian and Motoko Kusanagi, uh, Takeshi Katana as Dais- Daisuku Aramaki, Michael Pitt as Hideo Kuzu, Pilu Aspik as Batu, Chin Han as Tugusa, uh, Juliet Binoche as Dr. Olet. Peter Ferdinando, wow, that's a weird name. Out of all the names I just said, I don't know. That was one that was the <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, really? Really, bro? Uh, he's Cutter and Kaori Momoi as Motoko's mother. And I never want to have that many Japanese I'm, I'm names. I'm wiping your brow right now for all the work you had to like do on that sweaty. one. I'm like, oh my God, this is hard. <laughs> I, wish was, I wish this was a video podcast. You can see Mike handling it visually well, like watching him not flinch. And I'm like, look at him. 
Okay? <laughs> I'm not supposed to be recording video. I guess I should take off all those. Yeah, take cameras. the nipple. Yeah, take the nipple cam off. And, and also move the camera from underneath the table. <laughs> That's the best angle. <laughs> I'll give you an angle. All right. <laughs> All right, well done. All right, so there you have, so there you have it. Wow, see, you got me going on. And we're done. <laughs> that was it. All right, that's, that's a review ever. Josh. So let's get, well, that, that synopsis was like a review. <laughs> so let's get into it. And like I said, JP said, I got to be on for Ghost in the Shell. So I got to. So here we go. Ghost in the Shell. Usually I begin with, what do you like? What do you don't like? I'll say this. Um, out of all three of you, I know, I know you've seen the original one, JP. Mm-hmm. Mike and Ralph, have you guys seen the original movie the animated movie yes a while ago a while i, I have while seen ago. one of the animated movies that is on netflix and i couldn't tell you which one that is in what order that is really yeah he's a rise oh, the yeah. last one. Oh, is it yeah okay that's Very the possible. only one that's on there oh yeah. is it okay the three arise ones yeah. oh okay so i've seen one of the three <laughs> and I was not very pleased with what I saw because I had no idea what was going well, on. Well, I, like, literally no idea what was going on. Well, how did you guys feel about this movie? I have my own take, but I'll well, give it a second. Visually, so, were you starting it? Were we starting with the goods? Starting with the bad? The ugly? We're just giving it all? What are we doing here? I, I, I'll say this. Let's start with your gut reaction. After coming out of this movie, imagine that we saw you guys coming right out of the movie theater and you got asked, what did you think of the movie? Well, I can tell you what Mike said. Of he course, you are with him. He said... I liked it, but there was some stuff wrong with it. Those were his exact words. <laughs> really? Yeah, he actually. He liked I, I see it. him being more critical. No, he liked it, but we. Did, my, my, you're stressing that like a little bit okay. much. <laughs> we did both agree that Scarlett Johansson's like movements were a little bit weird. But that ang- I still don't understand the angle that she she walks at in the entire movie. Um, no, my general philosophy with the movie was when I said the rough. I'm like. Look, I, I got the, you know, the whole losing humanity, uh, you know, finding yourself, right. whatever you want to go into, um, you know, the commentary on society, on, the, you know, individuals that are forgotten about or whatever, making your stance, making your voice heard, whatever. <laughs> it's at the end of it, though, when I watched the movie, I just said, I just felt like the movie was about nothing. At the end of it, I just was like, why did I watch this movie? It doesn't mean that it wasn't enjoyable. It's a setup. Right, but that's the thing, and that's what it feels like. It feels like nothing more than a setup for future films, which is not a good thing. Because it didn't feel like hmm. it had like, a lot of like, substance for me. Um, as far as uh, you know, making me go, that was a good movie because of blank. Okay. Yeah. You know what? They fed you a bowl of air. Kind of. Yeah. It's filling, but not neutral. Well, I, not air. I would say it was a, maybe a bowl of water. <laughs> with a spoon so we're cats now <laughs> big old pussies um, JP I know you've seen this and you've probably seen this multiple times that I've known you you're a big fan of the anime field what'd you think really really well, wait that's no, could, you, could you break that scientific uh, <laughs> reaction down for the, for the uh, lesser known out there can it we is. can we quote you on that one yes ready here it is <laughs> I mean I'm so the big versed. I'm a big fan of anime. Mm-hmm. It, it fuels my creativity and inspiration. And to that, there are the top three animes I love. One is Ghost in the Shell. I've seen all the movies. I have the mangas. I have seen all the iterations of the TV shows. I know who the directors are for the shows and the movies and every, all this other stuff that you know people who aren't interested would know. So I didn't go in with a healthy, a healthy source of skepticism. I saw some stuff and I saw what I didn't like and what I did like in the trailers and it was basically like, okay, let's give it a shot. So I went in there with an open mind. Um, from that perspective, it was horrible. Wow. <laughs> I mean, from that perspective, it was horrible. Right. But now, like, I mean, With an open mind. With an open mind, but, I went in there and it was horrible. But now we know, because um, again, I mean, we, we often fool ourselves and we know for a fact that there is no live action film that will ever, ever, ever recreate any manga or anime or comic book. Um, so now knowing that though, uh, how do you think this fits in? Do you think this does a complete disservice to the source material complete or do you disservice. think it's okay? I, I thought that it's a problem. Maybe, maybe we'll get into later that, uh, the movie didn't pay tribute to how smart the original idea was. The okay. ghost, in, the, the, the phrase ghost in the shell has a lot of connotations of what that means. The movie had source material since 1989 to build off of, even if you're going to make an original story. 
You can take a bunch of ideas from the movie, from the TV show, from the mangas, and utilize them and still catch the mantra of what the movie's about, and it didn't do it. Okay. It didn't do it on any aspect. I'll even tell Well, what author. would you say is, like, the, the biggest element that's missing? I mean, right. like, if you had to pick one, what's the, the biggest element you feel they missed? A good script? The, I don't no. just mean a good script. But I mean, it like, missed, if it is the script, it, what I'm saying, in the storytelling, what was the biggest thing you think it, it really it didn't. The biggest thing was a couple of things. Okay. I, it's a tough question. They missed the ideology. They missed the characters, the, the character development. Okay. They missed the point of the team. Okay. They missed, in the story, what, the, what they're actually fighting. They missed what Kusanagi's about. Okay. They missed a lot of things in the show. Like I would say, the only thing they got right was Scarlett Johansson being cast because she has the big doll eyes. Right. I wasn't one of those people who was all about whitewashing because I've had arguments with a lot of people on the internet before this. Ghost in the Shell. Every episode that starts, it talks about how society is based in a world where old ideologies of what a person from that nation looks like or talks like has been erased through cyberization. Mm-hmm. So the only thing about being Japanese was born. You were born in Japan or somewhere that or that lineage or something yeah, like somewhere that. Like that. But when it came to your eyes being a certain way, are you looking a certain way, having the same skin color as maybe traditional Japanese people or anybody else on the planet, that just wasn't the thing. Mm-hmm. And that was from back in 1989 when Matsumune Shiro made the manga. So it wasn't a thing much like Danny Rand being Iron Fist didn't matter that he wasn't Asian. He wasn't Asian when they made him. Well, yeah. Well, that right. argument, which, which, well, when we finally cover Iron Fist, I'm, I didn't understand it, that it's one. It's exactly when they the were same like, thing. "Well, why was he Asian?" I'm like, he's never been Asian. Yeah, the immortal <laughs> right. one. That's an argument. Right. Tilda Swinton. That's you can make that argument, but this was ancient one. Yeah. Oh, the ancient. Yeah. One, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm talking about Iron Fist. I know. Right, right. I just pulled a Donald Trump. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Syria. As long as you don't. As long as you don't. As long as you don't bond uh, till the Swinton's home, we're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But it, it missed a lot, and it says the thing about it was, it came across like any other American action flick, and this movie was so much more inspired. So many more people. The guys who did the Matrix, that mm-hmm. whole first part when they were going through the thing fighting chasing neo shooting they got that from ghosts in the shell trinity falling from the building yeah yeah, that's right. yeah. it's 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 a very thematic heavy dose psychologically philosophical movie that was almost doomed to fail if you think about it because the culture it's a it's also a problem of culture clash mm-hmm. we go to movies to be entertained and we go to be mindlessly entertained we're not trying to walk out feeling enlightened Right, you know, outside of like a Nolan movie or Kubrick or something like that, or Argu- arguably, or arguably. Matrix two and three thought they were. Yeah, I, I <laughs> shout like, out to Jamal. I like Ma- I like Matrix two and three. Shout out to Jean Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but, uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you liked the Matrix movies. Cut his mic. <laughs> I mean, it, it's funny because you talk about um, it being a culture class. Because I remember seeing, and this is the reason why. If you notice, the first question I did was a, more of a, I put it on you guys, because when I saw Ghost in the Shell, I'd seen the original, um, the original anime, and I'd seen this movie, and I, I don't know, like there's a, a sense of emptiness, so with the fact that you said it's about nothing, yeah, it, it, it kind of makes me feel validated, because I feel like, well, did I miss anything? No. Did, you know, like, usually you, you get- fall asleep when you were watching No, I didn't fall asleep this oh. time. <laughs> you sure, Grandpa? I watched it twice. Okay, I watched it twice. Um, because once with his left eye, once with his right eye. <laughs> Hush. But no, but I, I watched it twice, and um, I watched it twice. Originally, the first time I, I saw it, and I had a lot of what you're saying. Like it felt like a lot of nothing. Yeah, it felt like a lot of emptiness, and like like they were trying to make certain points, but they never hit it. Right. But then again, I felt bad because when I saw the original, you're gonna kill me over this. I didn't like the original Ghost in the Shell. The original Ghost in the Shell. The original one didn't like it. It was a stretch. It was it was something I saw in the year maybe 2008, and just because of like you're saying what the the ideas they were pushing in this anime mm-hmm. versus other animes. See that makes sense. Yeah. Because if if you're somebody who's looking for X Y Z in your cartoon movie you know, viewing, and you get something else, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to shut off. That's the right. culture clash. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Ghost mm-hmm. in the Shell, I heard, came on opposite Law and Order when it premiered out there. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a show little kids, well, I'm not going to say little kids, because no, no, little but... kids can watch. But, like, the last podcast I was on, we did Assassin's Creed. Right. right. I like Assassin's Creed better than I like Ghost in the Shell. Oh, I, no. That, hold on. That's a stretch. <laughs> that, I know. I, no, collective, I, no. Collective I, gasp. I, <gasps> no, I, I, but, I, I despise Assassin's Creed. But I, I despise Assassin's Creed, too. 
<laughs> but my argument is the second one. <laughs> I despise Squad. Assassin's Creed. Also, <laughs> oh my thanks god, thanks for the grammar check. <laughs> but there were things that they did in Assassin's Creed they got correct. The parkour was definitely what Assassin's yeah. Creed was like. Ghost in the Shell parkour was not right. This chick runs and does triple axle flips off walls. Wait, there was parkour. That, that was there, just... there was not parkour in Ghost in the Shell. You watch yeah. the TV show; she's triple axing. Yeah, triple. Yeah. Well, they, flipping they well off they definitely triangles. like you said they they definitely um was watered down a bit on the action side. It's almost as if they said we spent a lot on that CGI. We but, we but, can't afford a really good like physical movement guy. But even in, to you know? that, there is a in the show in the movie and stuff like that. There's a a a, a visual contrast between traditional Japan and ancient Japan, they run together. Mm -hmm. Like, the show doesn't have holograms and stuff on right. every building that goes by. Yeah. I don't think there's a hologram on any building. It's a regular building. Right. That was They could have took that movie, they could have took that money and made her CGI flip right. off the wall a couple times but, shooting those but androids. Now, now, just to do a devil's advocate thing, though, don't forget, they're not trying to replicate the manga or the, or even the previous film. The only reason I mentioned that is that they, you know, you have to, you do have to give a director a little bit of leeway. I mean, they tried to invent the world the way they wanted it to look. So they did try and give it a more, almost more of a um, uh, Blade Runner kind of a feel. Even I felt like Minority Report, that's, that's, Minority Report, yeah. Blade Runner. Well, yeah. Again, I'm not here to say whether it was good or bad decision. I'm just saying that they weren't, you know, they definitely weren't saying like, well, we replicated the books. Well, They're saying we have our own vision for the book. Well, my know? problem with that, you, you just kind of nailed it. Ghost in the Shell's not Blade Runner. No, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah. Well, Blade Runner is Blade Runner. Right. So you start running into the problem of trying to emulate something that's not even the source material when you have literally 25 years of source material. On top of that, every iteration of the show, uh, Mamara Oshii directed the movies. Um, uh, Matsumi Shiro did the book. Uh, Kaneyama does the TV show. They're the same thing, but they're th uh, these directors' iterations of the world. Kusanagi is the same Kusanagi, although she has blue hair in the or purple hair in the in the cartoon. But in the movie, he, she has black hair. Yeah. And the second Ghost in the Shell too, you don't even see Kusanagi in her body. Nope. She's literally right floating and, around. Yeah, and then she space. goes into that doll mm -hmm. in the end of the that second one. So it didn't even do that. And I like I said, I think it's part culture clash in the fact that those movies and those I those. Those forms of entertainment push idealism. They push philosophy right. where that audience sits down and they're like, okay, this is something I want to delve into or something I didn't know was enlightened. Right. But we just kind of sit there and want to see explosions well, and I mean, stuff like well, that. Well, even too. in the movie, though, I mean, they are pushing an ideology. I mean, they are pushing the idea of um, what we're going towards. I mean, whereas in, let's say, for instance, in 89, you could say there's thoughts of like, you know, what the world might be becoming or just what could happen if. Whereas we, we're now almost 30 years later. Right. And we see the kind of people we have become. Like, you know, that's so that, like, another, again, I'm not, again, I'm not excusing. I'm just, yeah. just tossing out ideas no, of, of maybe why they did certain things to that. Like the constant advertisement. That is the world we're in, except it's now just elaborated to the, the largest in your face proportion. I can see um, that. You know, like things along that line, like the, 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 la I mean, again, I'm, just pulling out ideas. Right, I'm not right. saying that, like, you know, this is what I particularly think, but a, a lack of the color, a lack of the organization, uh, um, it's what we're becoming. We're losing our individuality. We're losing our 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 expression. Well, you know? th it's good, too. I'm, this is another reason I'm glad I'm on a podcast, because I hear the, I get to hear the perspective of from people who don't know as much as I know about Ghost in the Shell. Right, yeah, like I said, I barely know I'm, anything except for I'm the one slighted. movie. Yeah. I, I'm already biased because right. I go in knowing this stuff. Like no, 100%. Bot, Bato's eyes are not, that That was not how he got his eyes. He's a ranger, and the rangers, before they were put on Section 9, everybody's oh, from okay. somewhere. And every ranger in that movie gets those eyes. Those are ranger eyes. Oh, okay. So okay. that plays an important part in the show. In an episode or two, you come to find out how important that is. Right. But in this one, it's like his eyes blew up and he has eight. So like, hey, Major, now I look like you. She's like, what yeah, finger well, am I holding up? Well, that, 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 was, was, that, was, that was a weird... <laughs> it was cute. Well, it but, was a, but it was a weird thing. I mean, the, the interaction was cute, but the eyes was a weird thing. Because all I kept saying was, when I watched that, I said, well, they can make normal looking eyes. So why yeah. wouldn't you? I mean, and obviously they can make normal looking eyes. They're enhanced. So why wouldn't you just get normal looking eyes? I mean, obviously I knew the character looked like this in right, the book, but right, I just meant right. that like now that we've seen the world they've created, right. that would be an odd choice, like you said. But since it wasn't a choice in right. the manga, it makes sense that there's a reason for this look. But you to know? your point too, I gotta ask the what is the philosophy you gained out of it? Like they talk about why Japan is the way they is, the cyberization that Kusanagi had. Um, is not she's not the only person who has that right. it's pretty it's a pretty common thing and uh 
although she's so now you're saying in the book that she, like she's not the first or she is as the, she thought she was the she's first. one of the oh, first but okay. she's not the only one right, it's okay. time is gone well, uh-huh. in, the, in the original i don't know that not the manga but in the in the show you come to find out she had it she was uh, the first the youngest person to be put in a cyborg body oh, so okay. she's had the body since she was a little kid and kept getting upgrades okay. literally in the show she changes bodies oh, wow. but but you don't know that in the show like we watched that episode where she hacked they yeah. didn't do that in the movie at all right nope. you know and they don't talk about the wizard class hacking and the level of of cyberization they don't talk about the americans losing the third world war and now right. their economic dysfunctional dystopia and kind of lean on japan for there's a lot of yeah, things. yeah you're never getting that yeah there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things inside the movie in the show that weren't in the movie right. that comes across as okay but right. i think what happens is they end up doing it doing the original piece or what the show what the the idea of the ip supposed to be a right. very dis uh, uh a very bad disservice to what it actually was. Now, let me ask you this question now. Um, and this this gets hard because it, every, everyone has their own ability to uh, displace their own pre-thoughts, you right. know, stuff like that. Now, uh, since you are a fan of it now, do you feel that because, let's say, between the movies being about, you know, I guess the original ones are almost 20 years old now? Or yeah. yeah. And then the comic book itself, like I said, being almost, or the manga almost being 30 years old, do you think that, uh, again, not saying that the, and, and again, I admit that the ideologies I was, um, that I pulled up are very flimsy and very trite. We see them all the time. Yeah. But do you feel that though there did need to be some kind of an upgrade to some of the thoughts that were put into the original? I don't mean the story, the base story, but um, like you know, do you feel that after thirty years, uh, some some uh, philosophies needed a little update? Like they would have felt old and no, now. Uh, the, no, the original story wasn't even like were the ideas antiquated. No, yeah. I mean honestly, no. It, okay. The ironic part is that that stuff that the ideas they're pushing are more valid today. We're okay. starting to get, mm-hmm. you know, cyborg arms and right. we attach parts to your body. And what does that mean to be a human being? And all right. kind of, you know, um, Elon Musk is pushing a chip in your brain, right? To control motor functions now. There's already an exoscope to help people exactly. do heavy lifting right. every day. Well, that, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine about how the internet has pushed technology a lot faster, where you know, Jarvis in Iron Man eight years, eight, nine years ago was movie thing, but we literally have that now. We can buy on Amazon for 40 bucks. Yeah. That's literally what it is. AT&T could wire your house and the next thing you know. Yeah. So that, it, it becomes more relevant. So I don't think it was anything that was tuned, that okay. was done. And I would have liked to have seen them improve, but they haven't. They didn't even do that in the movie. Okay. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> Hearing you talk about how you can buy it for Amazon for 40 bucks, he said, you know, you buy that and you can have ADT, you know, wire your house. And then, and in my head I heard, and then Skynet. Yep. <laughs> I was like, yep. no, 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 not right now. Not right now, yep. Cap. Not right Judgment now. Days. Yep. All right, so let me ask you this. Um, and uh, and like I said, you're, you're, you're the Ghost in the Shell expert, so I'll leave you for last. I want to see the, the non-Ghost in the Shell guys. How did you guys feel about the effects that they did use, like when they did the whole deep diving thing, or when they talked about um, their their communication, their, their visual communication, where um, they were talking with somebody that was there and they really weren't there? How did you feel that was handled? I, that was pretty cool because of the, you can't really tell, like you thought, okay, this guy's in the room, right. and then he's like, and then you know, all right, this conversation is over, and he just like, like, sands down, he like, materialized. Yeah. yeah, that was so awesome. It's it's, not, it's it's a great way because it's not the same like Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, Star Trek, you know, like hologram kind of shit, you know. Yeah, just a so quick aside, new, by the way, how do you on how do you build things like a Death Star and Interstellar and, and faster than light travel and just have really shitty holograms? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand that. That's just a quick off to the side. <laughs> when they're transmitting light to uh, other ships, they can only get one spectrum of the color. Ah, okay. Not not the not the whole thing, and it has to be little pixelated with static. Ah. It's, it's also the same thing that makes you wonder why is this guy such a great surgeon, but he's got shitty handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Oh, no, Just sure. saying. I, I mean, I've, I I liked it. The the one thing I felt like they got they tried to get a little bit too abstract when they did the whole deep diving thing when she tried to go into the right. you know yeah. into into the into hacking into the into that the, was um, pretty accurate. It, it just felt so abstract for me, like her diving into a pool right. and then going. It, 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 at points, it felt a little bit too like, okay, now you're being, you know, now, now you're just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just locked onto the idea of when it's hacking, it's X and O's, it's ones and yeah. zeros. It, you know, I, and right. even though it was visually wonderful, it was like, well, this doesn't feel like hacking. It feels like right. she's. In, I, let me ask JP, did they have um, hover? 
hover car technology in the no. series? No. They were on wheels. Wheels. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, they had like helicopters and planes and stuff like that. It was pretty much the same. But to what you said, I thought the aesthetics and the, the special effects and points yeah. were dead on. That part in the tank, when yeah. she ripped the tank off, the spider that tank? was dead on. They oh, yeah. showed the back in her, the back muscles ripping. Yeah. ripping yeah. 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 I, I'm that dude that when she first pulls off the tank, I'm like, her leg's not right. Because she's not in a full position where both legs are fully squatted. Yeah. And then when she can't get it up, she gets in a full position. And they do the shot from the Amara Oshii that, that thing was, where her muscles ripple. That was and I literally, yeah. Yeah, I literally went, shot. holy shit, they nailed that. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Well, shot for shot. Well, no, I mean, but, well, like I said, I enjoyed the CGI. I enjoyed the effects. I mean, it was. You know, I thought it was a beautiful movie that way. Yeah, know. it was. But my argument, my argument with what entertainment has become is simply this. They pulled off Lord of the Rings. I don't know anything that's harder to do than that when it comes to adapting a novel, a book to something that's so far flown and so special effect. It was really funny though, but when I talked to like, my, I have a really good friend that like, I, you could just say page 200 and he'd be like, these words. <laughs> you know, he's that Lord of the Rings guy. Uh -huh. He's like, he can't stand the movies. For, oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not even just them, the family itself. That it's why, well, beyond the, the money that they never receive for the, the property. Right. Um, Tolkien's family refuses to have another movie made ever. Wow. Ever again. Did, uh, of any of their books. What's the book know. that he... Uh, um, the, the Cimmerillion yeah, will yeah. never be made. At, at this, I mean, unless someone really can kiss their ass because they, they said they, they left out all the politics, all of the... See, they, yeah, there yeah, they left out yeah, the philosophy and yeah. the politics. And see, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that had like you know, it's, side a lot books that, is, that definitely went yeah. into it. Yeah, that, that's a good point to make. Yeah. That's I a mean, good point. Well, a lot of this stuff is hard. And, he, and that's why I was asking, like, you know, is there a little wiggle room for forgiveness? Because it's not like a simple, let's say, for instance, when we're used to simple uh, DC and Marvel comic book films, which is not belittling the characters, but usually you're still doing pretty straightforward good versus evil. You know, yeah. the philosophies aren't usually anything rocket science. Well, I'll, you know, so you can, you know, so therefore you, we can nitpick a little bit more on they really screwed up the character right. because it, you don't have a lot else to go on. But with something when you have a lot of, well, like what I warned everybody with um, Watchmen, even though it was a good movie, you still lose a lot of the context yeah. and subtext of Watchmen because you couldn't put that in a movie. It, it would be like a nine hour movie. I say it like this. I think it, it could be forgiven because the question becomes, if you took the 1990 version or 1998, 98 version of Ghost in the Shell, 95, whatever you I, I want to say 98. 90s. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well done, Rob. Well done. Well done, sir. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> um, if you take the 90s version of Ghost in the Shell and you re release it in the theater, as mm -hmm. is, how many people are going to get it? Zero. Not much. Right. How many people are going to like it? Not much. Well, I was about to say, know? they probably won't really like and it. And for yeah. that reason, it's like I said before, it was kind of destined to fail. Yeah. Like, we collectively held our noses and jumped in. And, you know, it was it, it's what it was, but. The source material wouldn't be that accepted. We wouldn't be right. in here like, oh my God, my mind is blown and we're going to try this and this is. People would be like, that was kind of, it was a cyborg chick taking her clothes off every yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> which, which I was wondering. And, and disappearing. Which I was wondering at what point did Ralph get a get a, get a mean Hummer while watching Scarlett Johansson? A Hummer? <laughs> I think I took the roof off. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, he was you, getting a Hummer. You, that's, <laughs> that's not what you would get. A chubby, maybe? A chubby? Wait, I've never, what the fuck? Is that, is that a Philly term for a, for a boner? No, a Hummer? A chubby? A chubby, a chubby is, 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 is like is, a worldwide, no. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. that's in movies, it's on TV. I don't know a chubby. Yeah. All the time. Okay, but sorry, Hummer, Hummer's blowjob. Right, sorry. Yeah. that's why I was okay. like, I'm like, I was sitting next to him and I, <laughs> I didn't notice this going on, but, <laughs> but, he, but he did have that popcorn bucket over his lap and <laughs> Odd <laughs> in any event, I was Did wondering. You see the girl sitting right next to <laughs> I was wondering if at any point I know like Ralph likes Scarlett Johansson. So I was wondering at one point. Okay, when does Ralph like, lose his shit? Well, you know, she was kind of putting me off with that whole weird movement that, that she angle was. that she was yeah. at. It's a really weird angle. It's like she was. You ever seen the movie Metropolis? Yes, the, the she, original yeah. black and white one. Yeah, like those robots moved more realistic than she did. There was that was probably directed. Yeah. Like they, I'm they assuming, probably, but I, but but there was no reason given. Like 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 even Ralph was trying to make fun. He guess he goes. I guess there was, that was the show that she was a little bit. You know, she wasn't quite human. And I said no. They commented in fact that she's completely passable for human. That's the, so. No, what was the point <laughs> of doing what I was, that? Right. What I was saying is that like because she's only been in that body for a year, right? 
So maybe she's not fully used to being in this body. Right, like, right. But people would have commented, though, that she seems human, but she walks really weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they did go to say, you know, she's... But, I mean... Yeah, it was just bizarre. I, I wonder what the, like, the director told her. All right, Scarlett, here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk like someone shoved something up your ass and your suit is super tight and you can barely move. You mean my normal clothes <laughs> in movies? Actually, they just said, you're going to walk like you're a woman getting underpaid in America. Wow. <laughs> oh, getting fucked. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, my god. Let me ask you guys this. Did you Go. guys, did you agree with the whitewashing? Um, you mean, you mean oh, I was about okay. to ask no, everybody no, about no, that. No, you do not. I was about to ask everybody about You mean as in the outcry about it uh, or how? No, do you think it was whitewashing? Um, not really. I don't. And especially not in the way it's been, the outcry has been. Right. Like, you know, if this was literally like, I don't even know how to even describe it in a drawing technique, but if this was like, you know, the old drawings of a Charlie Chan movie or something right, like that, right, or something, right. where you'd go like, well, Catherine obviously Hepburn, this. Right, yeah. yeah. But this is obviously supposed to be like, even when you look at the anime or the manga, it's, it's we, we're used to the Japanese style of drawing. So because we know it's manga, because we know it's anime, we know the characters are Japanese. Yeah. And also maybe the names as well will help or whatever, but they don't look Japanese. Right. You know, so I mean, I definitely get it. And I definitely agree that, yes, Asian actors are not getting their place in right. recognition and in the industry and in the media. But for this, eh, I don't have it as much. But my other question, though, more so is this. How did we feel about what was obviously and I mean, they can argue if they want to obviously was the film's decision to explain that this wasn't whitewashing by making her an android body that is white was white intentionally done that way. Like, how do we feel about that? I think it's the problem that most movies have is that they're not bold. Right. They don't take chances. They right. don't go, this is my work, accepted it. Right. No, right. I agree you with know, that. They, they're, they, I know that Motoko's design was supposed to be androgynous. She's supposed to be a visual interpretation of where the world is. Mm -hmm. She's a woman, but she doesn't really have a nationality because she represents what the world is like now. Right. Um, they even said that Mamoru Oshii, an original story, and if you watch the anime, she only blinks like maybe 15 times. Because oh, wow. he wow. wants to keep it the idea that she's a robot. Right. That you can, her eyes are what sets it apart. They have right. her have big doll eyes, which I thought why Scarlett Johansson was perfect because in Lucy, she was all big eyed. Right. And it was like, she would be a good Kusanagi, put some black hair on her. Right. But um, yeah, I didn't. I thought, I thought it was awkward because it, like I said, it felt like an apology. It didn't feel like a it, story plot. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It felt like, Oh, PS. Yeah. She really was Japanese and she and, really looked right. Japanese. But, you know, because, again, I tried to, I think I even said the rough, like, or, or maybe someone else I was talking about it with, I said, it feels like what they were, tr what, and again, it feels like they tagged that on, but it, it, it feels like what they're trying to say in the movie without saying this was an apology is, well, about identity. Yeah. Since this is also now involving identity is that we wanted her to definitely not be able to identify with her former self by making her look exactly what she did not look like. Right. And if you were to do it along that line, it's very reasonable. Like, in other words, if I kidnapped you put you in a robot body if you're a black person i'm not going to put you in a black robot body i would put you you know if i don't want you to remember who you are i'd put you in either a white or an asian body something like that for you to not be able to grasp further association if, if I, that's where they're trying to go with i just still feel like they didn't do a good job i, I feel like the whole thing about her past was kind of tacked on like the yeah. whole thing of oh well here's your past go, you know go check out who you yeah. are and introducing you know yeah. um you know the, 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 yeah. the well, especially there. considering that, that like you you know find she she was evidently anti-cybernetics um, and stuff like that, what they said in the movie and stuff. Fine, but... Was she? Yeah, yeah. they said... Because remember, she was writing um, uh, memoranda, manifesto. manifestos about like the whole fact that people were uh, giving up their body. They, they mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, They okay. actually said it in the movie, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I was too busy the, the mother, remember, 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 the remember, remember when the mother, when they're sitting down talking, she said that... Oh, right, right, right. right she she said that she was writing right, manifestos. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, bl yeah. I blacked... I know, I know what my problem was. Yeah. I, I blocked all that out. That's... When I found out she was like an angsty... Right. You know, yeah. teenager who right. ran away. I kind of just yeah. like woke up in the movie Question. was running credits. Is that irony? Well, this is what I was trying to say is that like I didn't like now if you had said, for instance, that like if they had said that she was some huge proponent, like like, you know, nationally known or something like that. And, and it was really like Hanka uh, industry was going to be like with Hanka or Hanaka? Hanaka. Hanka, Hanka. Hanka. was going to be totally like Hanka? 
uh, was going to totally lose all of their funding because of her next, you know, manifesto. I would, I could understand what they did, but it was like they went out of their way to be ironic for no reason. It's like you went out of your way to find somebody that just happened to not agree with you to put her into a robot body. That was just weird. Storytelling wise, I have to ask if they were intending on doing another movie, where are they going if you now know where she's from? Part of the right. intrigue of the show is that you know her, she's Motoko Kusanagi, Section 9, badass, you know, wizard right. class hacker, and you know nothing about her past. Right. You find out bits and pieces in the show as the show goes on, and that aids to her growing as a person that she is now, but the fact that they gave her a past, and then the past was shitty. Right. <laughs> well, that's why I said, because to me, this That's just, why Arise, you, like you talk about, you, you saw the Netflix version Arise, Arise right. is the last part of the show, is the new show, and it's actually the formation of Section 9, ah, and that you okay. find out that Motoko was, she's still a teenager, and she works for the military, and the military owns her body. Right. And in the first episode, her mentor who died, mm-hmm. he his, in his will, he gives her the rights to her own body, and that's why she's able to go to... Aramaki, who's starting to forge Section Nine, but you oh. saw that. Well, that makes much more sense now. Yeah, because I did saying, not understand anything I watched. Because you're not I supposed that. to watch it. You're right. Saying, if you watch it out of context, you're like, "What the hell is this?" It yeah, doesn't make no sense. idea. Yeah, I had it no idea. Ah. But for those who know, it's just like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Because everybody in the team in that, as you saw, wasn't part of Section Nine yet. Like uh, um, Togusa was still a cop, and Bato was just out of the Rangers, and they were just kind of. Okay. In, in an investigation that were kind of like all they were all in and Aramaki's trying to find the guys to make his team that he's getting you know a thing for okay, and right. they could have done that in movies but you know it's not making yeah. back his budget but the question that I had to ask you guys what do you think about the fact that it makes a movie they make a movie where they don't incorporate the um, the fan base first why is it always the fan base's family you know, the four quadrant thing. You bring the, the fathers, the guy who grew up watching X-Men right. or watching Ghost in the Shell. The wife goes because, you know, mm-hmm. d- you know, there's some celebrity, the rocks in it or something. And the kids go because Wolverine is PG-13. Right. But the father's the only really one who wants to see it. Wait, what was your question, though? What, how do you feel about it? How, yeah, how do you feel about the fact that they look for, the they go beyond the fan base. They don't do the fan base first. Um. Or do you, or rather, I was the question I asked, do you think that works? I, I think because they, they assume if you're making something that already has fans, they're going to want to go see it. But then usually if it's something like Ghost in the Shell and anime, anime is a small uh, part of yeah. the population that actually enjoys it. Yeah. Especially in the U.S. Yeah. So they're like, well, we want to make this to appeal to more people. So that we can actually make our money back. Right, right, right. So that's probably no, the I way agree. that I mean, well, yeah. it, it's, it's I'm one, talking about do you think that succeeds? Well, the, well this it does is, a lot of the times. Succeed in this. Okay. Well, I think I think Marvel has made I, it I work. Marvel has made it work, but I mean, it is the hard part because, like, you know, the, the even Marvel has said when they're making their movies, they're like, out of the people that go see the movies, only one percent out of that population of the audience are comic book readers. Right. So you know, you you, so yes, the fans are outraged, blah 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 blah, but. They're, they're cops are coming. Yeah, <laughs> this is really getting subversive. We have to go, guys. <laughs> Marvel and DC, they, they're trying to shut me down. You know, I wasn't supposed to be making death threats from this department. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's kind of it, that is the question you have to beg yourself is like, who do I make this for? Because if I make it for the fans, it still could end up being a great movie. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that, that you make it for fans is going to be bad. It could, right? But if I don't, if I make it for the fans, it also means I'm going to have a lot of um, backstory that I can't explain the, in a movie. It's not, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not totally accessible to the other audiences, right. which means you don't bring them in, which means it's not going to get a good review or not yeah, make Or they'll money. be confused. Or well, well, let me ask you line. this. The Dark Knight Rises was nominated for an Oscar. I hate that movie. It's your favorite <laughs> one. But, to its point, to, your, to my point, the movie was made to be a good movie before it was made to be a Batman movie. We could make the argument that those Nolan movies could be a good movie if you, even if you took Batman out, put the suit out, you'd still have well, a good movie. Well, because that adds to my argument that Nolan's Batman is not Batman. What you said is exactly my whole argument is that like the fact that you could take Batman out of it and you know you'd have a good movie is right. like well that's not a bad. But isn't that movie. doesn't yeah. that what makes it good? Isn't that what makes it good? I don't like that the movie, works. but I know <laughs> I know what you're saying. No, but I agree with the idea right. of what you're saying, just not the movie you chose. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I yeah. was just talking um, about this. Like, I'm talking about the idea of doing something in order for it to be good and not for it to not not for it to make money first. Of course, I'm yeah. talking about it to be good 
first, and yeah. then maybe well, make money. How many secondary. times have I made exactly I, I that about, statement? I was about to say that that should be the name of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, twenty-two, I'm um, not making it for money and making a good story later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make it good first. Yeah, yeah. If you make it good first, it's going to have its following. That's what I've always said with anything. I'm like, yeah. you know, stop being afraid. Like I said, it's just certain things you know that you're going to have to curtail, and the fanboys right. need to be forgiving of that. Right. You know, like like first I always said, even though they actually could have done it with a, a flashback story, but that would have been too involved. But like with Rogue in the very first X Men movie in ninety nine, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the fact that she they basically well not basically they they depowered her except for her actual power right. because she didn't have the powers of Ms. Marvel. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. like so instead of them just saying, Well, she can already fly and she's nearly invulnerable, they just took that away and you know, took that you know, took that down. So you're like, So which one do I pay service to? Do yeah. I give the character at all or do I make her the way she's in the comics which then I have to try and explain to an audience that especially in 1999 they've barely even heard of the X-Men right right <laughs> you know yeah. so it's things like that alright well um, before we start going into ratings and renaming the film can I please just mention the fact that the the tone of the film and I I guess I'm surprised Joe didn't come up with that stat that all I talk about is fucking tones. But I'm gonna say it again. I feel like the tone of the movie made it more dull than what it than, than what it needed to be. Yeah. Like it, it was it was one level. Though the movie was very flat. Mm-hmm. I mean your action sequence, your your conversation sequence, your your dramatic information sequence was all the same music type. Yeah. There was no like, you know, dum dum dum. Even they had that. They didn't right. even play the original song when she was baking the mm-hmm. body. Yeah, oh, wow. They played that at the credits. Oh, that's interesting. That was that was blasphemy at its worst. Right. Like they actually <laughs> did the shot for shot of the body coming out the water and stuff right. in the beginning of the movie and didn't put the music that goes with that. Oh, that's interesting. Is the was the were right. the credit movie? Was the were the end credit song? Okay. Was the end credit song? Well, I just love the fact that when she finds out that she used to be somebody else and Scarlett Johansson's reaction is, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really, really? That's that's all we get. I, I, I felt not only with the music, but there was some some of the some of the acting or some of the, the dramatic choices they made yeah. were very flat. It was yeah. very like uh, it reminds me of Punisher Black Widow. That 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 oh, that, the that, that madhouse, the madhouse anime. Was it, was it? I don't yeah, know if you get it, but yeah, that yeah. anime. God, that was horrible. So uh, <laughs> that, that's just me. All right, <clears throat> let's. It's time to rename the film, gentlemen. All right. Ooh. All right. So, how would you rename? This film called Ghost in the Shell. I'll go first. Mine's easy. Dullness in the Shell. (laughs) I had to watch it twice. I mean, besides that, I feel like it wasn't, it didn't have anything or that I missed something. It just, I couldn't get as interested. Or let me rephrase it the way he explained it to Gigi. Oh, I'm just watching it twice because of the story plot. Why do you keep pausing on Scarlett Johansson? (laughs) <laughs> the story plot <laughs> plot's, a, plot's another word for, for um, not getting enough <laughs> alright Ralph what would you rename it uh, Ghost in the Shell the mannequin edition <laughs> Kim Control gets another movie she's like she can't move uh, yeah I don't she understand what's up. I still don't understand that Mike I call it Ghost in the Shell the sequel will be, will be better there probably won't be a sequel <laughs> JP, um, Ghost in the Shell. What in the hell? <laughs> That's his PG version. If you want his R-rated version, go on to his Facebook page. He'll totally give that for you. All right, now let's go to a gentleman. Ratings for Ghost in the Shell. Mike, I give it five exploding geisha robots out of ten. I just think it was a very middle of the road movie. Uh, a little better than me. I'm giving it four. The bright lights are on, but no one cares out of ten. <laughs> Ralph? I'm going to give it six. How many times are they going to say ghost in that movie? Her ghost. Her ghost. Oh, his ghost. Look at that ghost. It's a ghost, ghost, ghost. <laughs> I'm watching AMC. What are they showing? The ghost, ghost. of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Out of ten. Out of ten. <laughs> yeah, Joe gets mad when you don't say when you don't make it out of ten. <laughs> and last but not least, JP. Oh. <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> Here he gets a out of 10. Um, Good luck with that one, Joey. I'm going <laughs> to give it a American cinema action movie five touch comas out of 10. Yeah, see? A reluctant 10? Reluctant, reluctant five. five. <laughs> you, like, you want to make it a five out of 20. That's the look yeah, you I want to make it a five out of 100. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's the fanboy in me. Yeah. I gotta... yeah, well, that, that's why we have you on, man. All right, so there you have it. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, not, not, not what it cracked up to be, huh? But you know what? 
Don't go anywhere, guys. Geeks on the Go is next. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Hey, comic fans, Cheyenne and Bosch here. If you also happen to be into larger-than-life heroes and tights, a.k.a. professional wrestling, then head on over to 4 for the latest and greatest in the world of wrestling. Bosch and myself thinking behind the scenes to past and present with all your top wrestling promotion and news. So listen, visit 4 download us on iTunes or Stitcher, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at 4 Podcast. Because when you listen to your podcast, you listen to it. Four. Now back to the cap, Ralph the Tech, and Mike the Finance Guy. Meanwhile, 22 pages later. Geeks on the go. Now we're more ghosts. You're too close. <laughs> You're too close on that one. Oh, my God. Get, get, get your mic fixed. Your eyes. Get out of here. <laughs> out of here. Tell me more about my eyes. With his thick glasses, I feel like he can literally see in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> he can see my ghost. <laughs> Yeah, that's not much there. Wow. <laughs> no, okay. no, his soul, not his brain. Shit, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep, all right, there. all right. You know the segment. I get quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we rarely make it under a minute. That's my challenge. Four, um, well, not four people. Three people on. I keep adding people until we can make it under a minute. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it works. <laughs> well, I guess it, at one point, if you have 100 people, with four questions each, you could get it under a minute. All right, all right, all right, guys, let's go. Ready, set, go. Are you afraid that American filmmakers might ruin Akira, Mike? No, I know American filmmakers will ruin Akira and Death Note. <laughs> oh, shit. JP? I agree. <laughs> Ralph? I concur with these two doctors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you think the Hulk is a character that only serves better on a team book? JP? No. Wow. Just like that? No. Ralph? The Hulk is a very complicated guy. He bullshit. He a story to be told on his own. Giant oh. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike? Uh, in the 70s and 80s, I would say no. But now he's just muscle, so yeah. All right. You're the president and a country on the other side of the globe threatens us. Which two heroes outside of Superman, Batman, Flash, and Thor do you assign to infiltrate the terrorist base? Ralph. I don't know. Maybe an assassin like Deathstroke or a Martian that can go through walls or a speedster. Got you know? two. All right. All right. right. I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of superpower oh guy. Oh, my God. You make shit long. <laughs> Mike. Um, who else Time did you send? Up. Trump and Pence. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I send uh, Wolverine and Polaris just because she gets no play. <laughs> Wait, that's, nice. that's like a pity pick? Well, I mean, she's Magneto, except she's a good guy all the time, so we're good to go. Well, not all the time, but most well, of the time. She was only bad once. A couple know, of times. You know who's the luckiest one you should send? Okay. Longshot. Oh. <laughs> send Longshot and Dazzler so they can die and I can never hear about them again. <laughs> you mess with my Dazzler. <laughs> yeah, oh, goodness. Yeah, please don't mess with it. Don't talk about her either. <laughs> JP? Uh, Captain America and Mystique. Oh, that's a nice combo right there. I'm assuming so that's so that Captain America can have sex with different women. <laughs> <laughs> While having sex with And Bucky. And last but not least, why does the Robotech saga get no love, Mike? Because it sucks like a hooker made by Dyson vacuum. <laughs> oh, God. Ralph, you know why. Why? You know why. Tell me why. See Mike's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. JP? Because millennials don't look past their the year they were born. Wow. <laughs> what are you talking about? I used to watch the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Because <laughs> that's a crowning achievement. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's time for shout-outs. Anybody with shout-outs? Mike, Ralph, JP? I'm shouting out everybody. Hey, let's shout out JP. Oh, here, there he's here. Hey, I'm shouting out Mike. Hey, everybody else. Hey, guys, you guys are here too. Hey. I'd like to shout out JP and Mike. Hey. Maybe the cap. I don't Maybe know. the cap. Yeah. Nobody shout out the cap. No shout outs to the cap. I, I feel like I shouldn't shout out Johannes. <laughs> but now that we have. But now hey, that we have. Hey, Johannes, what's going on? Did you see the thing he put on Instagram? Mike doesn't have no, an Instagram. No, I don't have Instagram. So oh, if it gets to ways of Facebook, yes. What is it? Yeah, um, it's him listening to the last podcast 
and it's the Joe track talking about who is this Johannes guy? Why does he get so much love on the podcast? And you see uh, uh, it's Johannes's face from like the nose up and he's brushing his hair while listening to it. <laughs> you, you Johannes, know, you've got to put that on Facebook so I can see it. And then I've got to get an Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. You know very well that he's smiling while he's listening. To oh, yeah. <laughs> he just got that grin on. It's like, yeah, I get my shout outs. <laughs> um, Trying to think. I mean, shout out to Ruben. I worked with him finally, so it was good yeah. talking to him. We talked a little bit about the podcast and stuff, so it was good to see Ruben. Um, hopefully, he doesn't drop anything heavy on his foot. <laughs> he's always like, he's he's this guy that we that I work with that listens to the podcast while doing heavy lifting. Wow. Literally, like he's doing weightlifting. He's doing snatches and fucking yeah. like dead dead um dead pull? deadlifts, dead pulls, dead pulls, dead pulls, dead pulls. Um. I, I mean, Aaron, of course, um, my brother, Joey, Joey. See, I, I shout you out, Joey. What, the intern? Joe, Joe the intern. Joey he's, the intern. He's just the intern until I get my yeah. damn coffee. No, no, no. Sorry. And laundry. He's, he's Joey, the junior, 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 junior associate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, and, and shout out to my wife. You know, you know, we've, it's been a past, a good past couple of weeks where we've, it's been all about like, the baby and Easter and she's been able to hold down the fort really well. So shout out to her and also shout out to my friends. Today's a real special day for me. So um, one thing I say is life's not promised to you. So be sure that you enjoy every moment that you have, because I don't think you never know when it's going to be a last, but just appreciate everything you have because you never know it's going to be taken away from you. So I'll leave that as my parting shout out. Anybody else before we um, wrap a bow on this? Hold on, let me just unfurl this list that I have to make shout-outs. Next. <laughs> if the list is as long as your dick, it's a very short list. How would you know? I'm sitting this close to you. <laughs> <laughs> and JP, you'll be giving us a heads up when Sons of Fate is done, right? Yes, sir. All yes, right, sir. cool. That's what's up. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Ralph the Tech, who's almost sitting on my lap, and <laughs> the great JP, John Paul DeJong, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And yeah, that's it.